Of course you were. This is last week. Hello, welcome to What a Way to Go, a podcast about unusual deaths, near misses, and bizarre stories. Uh, we're your hosts. I'm back. Hey, here she is. She's back. Yeah. We got her back. Yeah, did come back in the end. We persuaded her with yeah. um, paprika flavored crisps and carrots and carrots. Much like a horse. <laughs> She's not a horse. To throw back to, to last, last week, episode. yeah. Um, I'm Sarah Austin. I'm Claire Daly. My friend texted me last week, Danny, who does listen to this podcast every week as soon as it comes out, and he's like, oh, Sarah, one day you'll get a worthy job. <laughs> I was like, Daly works in charity. And I was like, yeah, I don't have, I don't have a worthy job. Just keep working in marketing. Well, you know, this, this is what I say to my friend who works in pubs basically not not behind a bar but she works in licensing when she makes this exact point you sarah austin work in a field that people actually give a shit about because it's where they spend their own money and it's Mm. how they how they you know the various brands or industries that you work with are so personal to people and it's how they want to spend their recreational time and their hard-earned salary whereas so-called worthy things like charities people don't really care about it I care about it though. That's why I like. Do you care more about international development or more about how much a delicious glass of prosecco costs down the pub? I think we all know the answer. <laughs> <to that. laughs> but it's not like I there don't care about. No, I know, but no, it's but, all, but it's relative. Gonna... So you don't. Yeah, exactly. uh, what I'm saying is, don't dismiss your work as not worthy because people care about the stuff that you work in. This, and is, they tr- this is true. Don't Everyone's worthy in working. their own way. It's exactly. all relative. Not it's... everyone. Oh, no, 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 no. Because, like, Joseph Fritzel isn't. No. No. Lots of others, not just him. <laughs> Lots of others. Donald no. Trump isn't. No. No. But anyway. in this room is. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Seconded. And, and producer Matt, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. So have we said what this yeah, we've said what this podcast is. It's episode yeah. thirty as well, by oh, the yeah. way, lads. Which OMG as uh theme dictates, history dictates, is a celebrity special. Celebrity special. Where we talk about celebrities that have died or nearly died or have a weird story that involved a accident of some kind. Mm-hmm. And Daily Kicks is off this week. And I'm gonna kick you off with two things a caveat and a song. Oh, so nice. I've got to get my Spotify up. Um, so my caveat is that the way this way to die isn't a weird way to die, but because of who it was, mm-hmm. it's quite it stands out and inspired this song. A long, long time ago, I can still remember how that music used to make me smile. I mean, I'm not going to play the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, John McLean. I'm going to tell you about the day the music died. Oh. Interesting. Oh, is this the plane crash? Yes. Ah. The the plane crash. So the the, the event that inspired that song, American Mm. Pie, by John McLean. McLean, McLean, Don McLean. Madonna. And Madonna, famously, in the late, in the early (laughs) noughties. The The music album was seminal (laughs) for lots of people. Yeah, I'll um The cowboy hat has never left us. Mm. I will just quickly play the Madonna version. <laughs> a long, long time ago, For the millennial listeners. <laughs> oh, it doesn't sound great, does it? On Not the maybe Yeah, no offence. No Sorry, shade. Madonna. No shade to the iPhone, but that sounded terrible. <laughs> shade to Madonna though. Shade though. Um so I'm gonna tell you about the day the music died, which was 3rd of February, 1959. Mm. Indeed, a long, long time ago. <laughs> Did you write that? It's a no, pun. it's just it's just occurred to me. When Buddy Holly, Richie Valens oh. and the Big Bopper all died in a plane crash. So that's three standout musical stars all dying at once, which is quite big. Quite big, big right. Mm-hmm. Quite big, quite, a, um, quite an unusual thing. So I'll give you the context. Buddy Holly, at the time, was quite a big star. He was only 22. 
Really? Yeah, it was 22. I found that out today. I was like, oh, that's oh my insane. God. Yeah, tiny, like tiny young sweet baby angel. Um, so at this point he had, so Buddy Holly was probably most famous for being in the band The Crickets. And his songs that you might know include That'll Be The Day and Peggy Sue. Now, everyone Peggy knows Buddy Sue, Holly and yeah. he's very iconic, got the big kind of big frame glasses. Um, so he and his new band, consisting of um, Waylon Jennings, Tommy Allsup and Carl Bunch, were doing this giant winter dance party tour across the Midwest. So this is um, taking in 24 Midwestern cities in 24 days. Oh, wow. Um, in February in the Midwest. Now, that is quite a gruelling schedule for anyone. In addition to Buddy Holly and his bands, Richie Valens, known for La Bamba. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And um, The Big Bopper, famous for a song called Chantilly Lace, but probably most famous for the start of that song, which goes, Hello, baby. Or, oh, okay. Hello, baby. <laughs> or, Hello, or, baby. Hello, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Big Bopper, also known as J.P. Richardson. So Richie Valens and the Big Bopper had joined this tour, this big kind of winter dance tour that Buddy Holly's band were doing. Now, the average winter temperature in the Midwest is 14 degrees Fahrenheit or minus 10 Celsius. Mm. Disgusting. Yeah, disgusting. Choppy. Think, <laughs> disgusting. Think, like, absolutely so right. Cold. I was Just, cold getting caught in hail today. <laughs> no, and it's like 12 degrees. degrees. <laughs> so it's absolutely effing freezing. Um, think... Fargo in the winter, like the the TV show, just think a lot, a lot of snow. Very, very cold. Um, So they're doing these 24 cities in 24 days. They're travelling really, really long distances on a coach or a tour bus um, whose uh, heaters had failed. So it is absolutely grim, 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 grim conditions. Oh, sorry, and there's also Dion and the Belmonts were another band that joined that tour. But so it's... Mainly Buddy Holly and his band, but then um, Richie Valens and the Big Bopper had also joined, and Dion and the Bellmans. So anyway, they're travelling around on this tour bus. It's absolutely freezing. A number of performers came down with the flu, and Carl Bunch from Buddy's band even had to be hospitalised for frostbite. Oh, wow. It was freezing. They were miserable. They were sick. So they made an impromptu stop at Clear Lake in Iowa. Um, on their way there, they had their tour manager had had made a quick phone call to like a local venue ho- uh, venue owner, and they'd just done like a bit of an impromptu tour stop at the Surf Ballroom. And then the next day, they were due to travel on to Moorhead, where their next venue was. By this time, Buddy has lost his drummer Carl to frostbite. Not lost him; he hasn't died, but he's in hospital being treated for frostbite he's had enough everyone's sick everyone's pissed off he's like lads i'm gonna charter a plane because then we'll just we'll get to moorhead really quick we we can have a rest while everyone else catches us up we need to just relax and kind of regroup so he chartered a light aircraft known as a beachcraft bonanza and with the aim that their next so yeah their next tour date was in moorhead and they could fly on this light aircraft to fargo North Dakota, and then just get to Moorhead quickly and then recuperate and rest while everyone else caught up with them. There was only space for three passengers on this light aircraft, so they obviously couldn't take literally everyone. So originally it was going to be Buddy and the rest of his band who weren't in hospital with frostbite, which is Waylon Jennings and Tommy Allsop. However, Richardson, also known as the Big Bopper, he was one of the people with flu, and he was knackered, he felt like crap, and he asked um, Jennings... He asked Waylon Jennings if he could have his seat on the plane so that he could go there in advance and rest up. Um, Jennings, by the sounds of it, decent bloke, said, fine, no problem. So Jennings is off, Richardson's on. Then on hearing this, Richie Valens um, asked another of Buddy's band, Tommy Allsup, for his seat on the plane because... He didn't. It didn't. It doesn't say that Valens had flu, but I think they were like, well, maybe all the singers need to rest or whatever, and they can all just go ahead, kind of like the main stars. But Allsup um, compromised and said, well, listen, let's toss a coin to decide who gets the seat. And Valens won the seat on a coin toss. So they're agreed. There's there's uh, Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper on board the flight. They get picked up by the pilot Roger Peterson late at night to head to Fargo, North Dakota. Again, to remind you, Midwestern Minter, 
Minter. <laughs> Minter. Midwestern winter. Also known as Minter. Minter. <laughs> now, from now on. Mm, yep, Minter is coming. <laughs> Midwestern winter. It's it's parky. It is it is brassic outside. Um, there's a lot of fog. It's dark. The plane takes off. Soon afterwards, the pilot lost control of the aircraft and crashed into a cornfield, and everyone on board was killed. Was there only four people on board? Mm, the pilot and the three guys. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So basically, obviously, an ensuing investigation um, took place. The main findings of which were just a very sad, tragic accident. The one kind of legal thing that could have been pointed to anyone's fault or litigious or, or anything like that could have been that the pilot himself, whose name was, oh, I've already said, Roger Peterson, and the organisation that he kind of chartered his planes with were only licensed to fly in basically broad daylight when you can see things. So it's called a visible uh, visual flight rules, which essentially require that the pilot must be able to see where he's going. Whereas... Other types of plane licensing allows you to fly at night or in fog because you've got all of the instruments like on the on the in the cockpit that help you actually see where you're going, like that big bulb that shows you your orientation and the compasses existed. and all of that stuff. So there are ways to fly a plane without being able to literally see out the front. But this man did not have the ability, well, the license to do that. He attempted to do it and he crashed. Oh dear. Um, so on the, yeah, on the night of the accident, visual flight would have been virtually impossible due to the low clouds, the lack of a visible horizon, and the absence of ground lights over the sparsely populated area. Like he's just flying in the, you know through cornfields in the Midwest. So the Civil Aviation Bureau concluded that the accident was just exactly that, just an accident due to the pilot's unwise decision to embark on a flight that required instrument flying skills he had not proved to have. Um, a contributing factor was Peterson's unfamiliarity with the old-style altitude gyroscope fitted fitted on board the aircraft, which may have caused him to believe that he was climbing when he was in fact ascending. Um, another contributing factor was the seriously inadequate weather, weather briefing provided to Peterson, which failed to even mention adverse flying conditions, which should have been highlighted. So it sounds like maybe they'd rushed it a little bit or it wasn't all the prep wasn't properly done, but in short, just a very sad accident. In the kind of in the aftermath, um, the Winter Dance Party tour didn't stop. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they carried on. Um, Dennings and Allsup from um, Buddy Holly's band carried on performing for two more weeks, with Jennings taking Holly's place as lead singer, and Matey with Frostbite in hospital just rejoined them on like the fifth of February and carried on. I found this That's quite so weird. Yeah, I don't really understand. Maybe it was like a really contracted thing, and they would have been screwed if they hadn't carried mm. on. I don't know, but surely if you're booking to see Buddy Holly, like, and then yeah. Buddy Holly has died. But was he as big as he is now in folklore? Well, that's a good question. He was, he'd made it to, like, top five in the UK. Wow. So, like, I think he was big enough. Mm. Yeah, during Buddy Holly's short career, Holly wrote, recorded and produced his own material. He's often regarded as the artist who defined the traditional rock and roll lineup of two guitars, bass and drums. He was a major influence on later popular music artists, including Bob Dylan, The Beatles, Rolling Stones, Eric Clapton and Elton John. He was among the first artists inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame mm. in 1986. Obviously, well posthumous. Um, and Rolling Stone magazine ranked him number 13 in its list of 100 greatest artists. Wow, all that That's at 22? I know. By 22. It's crazy. Yeah. And then, so obviously the, the long-term... The long-term thing is that he, this day that the music died has been totally immortalised in Don McLean's song, American Pie. Um, the accident is mentioned in a the Buddy Holly story with the biographical film and also in the Richie Valens biopic La, Bom La Bamba. Three Stars is another song by Tommy D, um, which was the first to commemorate the musicians that he wrote and released in the same year. So not a soup like, a, you know, a light aircraft crash is not a super weird way to die. But the fact that it was three standout yeah. music stars. Um, a big deal. So, yeah, that's it. I mean, I, I don't really, <laughs> I was kind of thinking like, oh, what would the equivalent be now? Like three famous music artists, current famous music artists to die in a plane. But then I was like, I don't really know anyone that's, like, I don't know what kind of, who's number one, for example. Who is but I guess one? Oh, um, it's Lewis Capaldi. I follow him on Instagram. Is that Peter Capaldi's son? 
No, he's related to Peter, but it's not his son. Oh, okay, fine. I think he's like cousins or something weird. Um, well, no, I, mm. I also don't know, but... Um, so maybe like a... A Leah dying a, in a light aircraft crash was a big oh, yeah. deal at the time. Imagine a Leah times like three. Ten years ago, right? It was just before 9-11. Oh, cool. yeah. No, Aaliyah. Yeah, just before, like the oh, week. Like it was like yeah. Oh, it was like the week before. I remember it being like ten years ago. This is this is too much. Jesus. Oh yeah. Maybe twenty years ago. Mm. I um have a vague memory of going to see a musical about Buddy Holly. Yeah, I think there was one in the West End that was that ran for ages. Maybe I think I was quite mm. small. Mm-hmm. I don't think I ever knew who he was. Was it called Rock Around the Clock? There is a musical called That'll Be The Day. I don't know if it's based on Buddy Holly's life, though. I don't think it is based on that, on Buddy Holly's life. Maybe it wasn't specifically about... I don't think it was, though. I saw a, a musical, for sure, that was multiple rock and roll type people from that era. Well, maybe it was that. I'm going to Google it. And I think, like, my neighbour's dad was in it or something ridiculous <laughs> like that, and I got free tickets, and it was, like, the best thing ever when I was, like, nine. I feel like it's the type of thing that... Uh, Buddy, the Buddy Holly. Oh, oh there we go. It's probably the Buddy Holly story. I haven't seen that. I'm sort of surprised that my family would have wanted to have seen that, but <laughs> maybe it was good. Don't know. <laughs> I have to ask my sister if she remembers if she was there. Don't know. Can't remember. <laughs> it's a good anecdote. Maybe it's yeah, 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 <laughs> <laughs> Wandered into a theatre on your own and watching the Buddy Holly musical. Else. Eleanor. Okay. Um, mine is closely related to. Sorry. Sorry, Sarah's just, just dying. Coughed. Just... Keep that in if you want. It's mm, whatever. Staying in. Um, closely related to the f- the first celebrity special I think we did. So, mm. Claire presented us with Brandon Lee. I'm going with old Lee Pops. Oh, yeah. Bruce Lee. Oh, wow. Known for um, being a martial arts powerhouse. Also doing movies and that. Being a total badass. Totally. Sometimes when Steve and I are in like YouTube video vortexes late at night after a few gins, we will watch a lot of Bruce Lee um, martial arts scenes. Because get you was, off. Yeah, and then make love. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Steve. <laughs> I would never have known. I, I can't do this, but look at someone else do this. Um, no, yeah, God, he was very impressive. Some of the stuff that he can do with his yeah, he was yeah body, body. <laughs> again Legs, sounds arms, weird. <laughs> hands. It wasn't sexual, okay? <laughs> no, everybody thinks it is though. Which I enjoy it. <laughs> Luckily, I haven't got any videos to show you, but Sarah's got a laptop, so <laughs> we'll get him up later. Get him out. Depends what way this night goes. <laughs> um, so I don't, I don't think I've seen a Bruce Lee film. I couldn't tell you one that I've seen, to be honest. Anyway, bit of context for Bruce Lee. He'd been doing movies since he was a baby. By the time he was 18, he'd clocked up 20 movies. Wow. Um, But he abandoned his film career between the ages of 19 and 25 in pursuit of the martial arts career, which he was pretty banging up. So he did that for some time, but then it was actually martial arts that led him back into the film career um, because he was taking part in a competition on Long Beach and was invited to audition for a pilot of Number One Son. Show never aired. But that led him to audition for The Green Hornet where he played the sidekick Kato. Um, Then in 1971, he pitched a Western style. He, he, I think, then had sort of bit parts in other shows. But in 1971, he pitched a Western style show to Warner Brothers. Um, And they didn't really like the Western element of the show. Um, And Lee wanted to do a Western. But Warner Brothers then sort of reworked his idea and named it Kung Fu and didn't give him any credit. And he wasn't in that. So probably a little bit annoying for him. pretty shit. Is that what Kung Fu means then? A Kung Fu is a style of film. Is it? Well, if Warner Brothers have invented Kung Fu, I don't think I, I knew. I, I don't think I really knew what Kung Fu was. I don't know whether they made up the name. They oh, okay. called it Kung Fu. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they called it. <coughs> oh, they called the movie. You. I think so. Oh, yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I sneeze a lot on this podcast. Yeah, don't you I? do. Or we just keep it <laughs> in. Just clearly, I just sneeze a lot. Um, 
So his time in China sort of make a film career in, in America, I think, was not leading to that much stardom. So he was quite frustrated that he was just getting support roles. So he took his career to Hong Kong. But to his surprise, the Green Hornet had unofficially been named the Cato Show over there. Mm. So he was being recognised in the street as the star of the show. That's nice. Mm. Um, so that was kind of a bit of a doorway into his pushing him up to the next level. So he took his first lead role in The Big Boss in 1971, which was highly successful in Asia and pushed him into stardom. And then he followed that up with The Fist of Fury, which broke box office records that had previously been set by The Big Boss. And then... His third film was Way of the Dragon, which I haven't Mm. seen, but I have heard of. (laughs) And he was given complete control of the film's production. So he was the writer, the director, the star, and the choreographer of the fight scenes. Wow. Big deal. Big deal. Um, So he continued to have a successful career. And again in 1972, Warner Brothers, who comes with their bloody tail between their legs... By the sounds of it. They came back and they offered Lee the opportunity to star in Enter the Dragon. Um, and that was jointly produced by Lee's own production company named Concord. Um, another production company called Golden Harvest and Warner Brothers. Um, so filming began in Hong Kong in January 1973. Um, but it, it finished filming in july but only six days before its release he died and it would actually enter the dragon would go on to become one of the highest grossest fil- grossing films of the year and cement him as a martial arts legend oh i didn't realize he died just before that came out yeah do you think that's why it became so popular as well it again it's, been, it's like yeah. similar to that buddy holly question yeah. isn't it like when someone has died young in tragic circumstances it just does that. everybody's interest. Yeah, maybe. Mind. So two months before he, before he died, so sort of May 1973, um, he had collapsed during an automated dialogue replacement session. ADR. Yeah, is that a thing? Yeah, additional dialogue. It's like, you know when you watch... Oh, God, sorry. <laughs> sorry, lads. I'm literally... <laughs> You know when you watch something and you can clearly see they've said something else but you hear something different? Oh, uh, yeah, ADR. Yeah, yeah. They'll go back in to record okay. stuff over the top of it. Mm. Okay. Good knowledge. Thanks very much. Yeah. We learned something today. Mm. Stephen Lanham. you know. I learned everything from Stephen Lanham. Um, so he, he collapsed during that and he was rushed to hospital um, and he was complaining of having a severe headache and he was having seizures. Um, so he was diagnosed with the symptoms of a cerebral edema, which is a condition where excess fluid in the brain causes it to swell. Mm. Um, and he had a brief stay in hospital, but he started feeling much better. And he said to his friends that that was not how he was going to die. I mean, don't say that. Tempting fate. Yeah. Um, so he was released as soon as he was sort of feeling better and he was straight back into his sort of fitness and his healthy eating routine. I think he was sort of mostly feeling pretty well, had a few headaches, but basically all was well. Um, By July the 20th, he had been having quite a busy day because he was obviously still working on stuff at Enter the Dragon. Um, And he'd also been... Um, meeting with the producer to discuss an upcoming movie, which I think was Enter the Dragon. Um, and he was enthusiastic about the new film that was coming out and he was reported to had a lot of energy and was kind of acting out all the scenes, even though it was a really hot day in Hong Kong. That evening, he had been at... A, a friend of his who I think he was rumoured to be having an affair with, oh dear. a woman called Ting Pei. Um, and at around 7.30, he was about to leave, but he complained of a headache. So he was given a quadricic, I don't know if I pronounced that right, by Ting Pei, which was a common killer, painkiller, Freudian slip. And it contained aspirin and also a tranquilizer. Chill. 
seemed yeah. a bit weird. Um, so he took that and then he went to lie down uh, and he was left for a few hours, but then he didn't come down to dinner. So Ting Pei went up to check on him and he was found to be unresponsive. Um, so I think there was another person at the house as well and they both tried to wake him up, but, but there was no success. Um, so they called a doctor and they spent some more minutes trying to revive him. But he he didn't come back around to consciousness, so they sent him to a nearby hospital in an ambulance. Um, so there was no external signs of injury, so they performed an autopsy. So I think by the time he arrived at hospital, he was pretty much pronounced as dead. Um, and it was concluded that he died as a result of another severe brain swelling um which was a build-up of more fluid that had resulted in a 13 percent increase in his brain size oh jesus huge um and what was thought was that this had been a result of an allergic reaction to the painkiller uh which the autopsy report substantiated oh no the reason why um and his death was ruled as death by misadventure rather than by death by accident, which seems quite odd because he was just sort of taking a painkiller for a headache. Um, But that was all quite straightforward and a really sad sort of tragedy where something that seemed so innocent actually had quite disastrous results. But, of course, along came the conspiracy theories related to his death. Um, so one rumour was that his death had been caused by a prostitute who'd got violent with him. Um, wow. So the the rumour sort of suggested that he was under the influence of a powerful aphrodisiac that caused him to lose control and so the prostitute killed him in self-defence. Whoa. Um, and some people believed that Ting Pei had actually tried to poison him on purpose um, because she'd been working for a secret society that wanted him dead. Um... But no one could really find out why a secret society might have wanted Bruce Lee mm. dead. Um, there's been theories that claim that the mafia tried to kill him. Some people think that it was due to his fans. Some people tried to pin it on his family. Um, but I think most likely it was kind of this tragic Occam's occurrence. Razor. <laughs> the most obvious reason is the reason. Yeah. yeah. And he was only... 32 when he died everyone's so young i know and of course then kind of arose the legend of the lee family curse Mm. when his son brandon died at 28 on set as we have covered in episode episode 10 10. so that is bruce lee sad sad story were the the head injuries and the seizures caused by blows to the head, or was it just it was a, a thing that he had? I didn't see anything that said it was, but potentially. Do you get hit in the head and come? Yeah, really. it's not hugely. Yeah. Uh, it's not like boxing, is it? Where no, where you actual. You yeah. In the head. Yeah. I'm sorry, it's a bit of a bummer. It's <laughs> okay. Half it's a of good the, callback. Half of the podcast yeah. is bummers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. True. Sarah Louise Austin. Hi. I think, I think it's your turn to tell us a story. No one else is in the room. Apart from that guy over there, the ghost. Oh, oh God, don't say that. Fucking hell. ghost. I know, but I don't want to see one while I'm podcasting. <laughs> I think that's if it was just sat, like, li- like leaning against the... Just trying to eat uh, paprika crisps. Leaning against Good that ghost. desk like a sort of cool team leader. Is it? Is the ghost the Fonz? <laughs> I think so. I'd quite like that. I'd, I'd like... No, don't say that out loud because I'll see one tonight. <laughs> You'd like the ones to haunt your flat. No, no, take it back. Anyway, I'm going to... Henry Winkler's not dead. Uh, is the Fonz, though. Oh. Mm. Good. It's, all good it's all good points. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Anyway, I'm going to lighten the mood with a near-miss story mm. of a celebrity. Is it Paul Nichols? No. 
But it's a similar that vein. That was such a great story. <laughs> this is a similar vein. Where do you find all these? I think I'm very lazy with my searches. If it doesn't come up in the first two pages of the Google <laughs> search, I'm like, no, <laughs> well. <laughs> I guess there's no one. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, Paul Nichols and this one was my brain because I remembered it when it happened. Okay. From when it Fine. happened. Fine. So for Organic. Organic. Natural. For this, we're going back to 2005. And for some, it's a key cultural moment. <laughs> Something that people still refer to and talk about to this day. Oh my God, what was it? I'm going to tell you the story of the near miss death of Brian Harvey. Oh my God! Uh, Matt told of me course. to do this one once. I really thought you were going to have this for some reason. It it does feel up my street. Yeah. How did I not fucking think of doing this? (laughs) Buddy Holly, fuck's sake. (laughs) I could have heard Brian Harvey. (laughs) The music really would have died that day. It would for you, E17. Well, mm. anyway, for listeners that don't know, and I'm thinking of the, I was going to say Australian, there's a, key, there's a couple of Australian listeners. Mm. For the American listeners, Brian Harvey is best known for the band that he was in, E17. Uh, E17 were relatively big and active from 1992 to 97. They had 16 top 30 hits, including the famous 1994 Christmas number one, Stay Another Day. One we won't Christmas play it on Spotify. Um, if you haven't heard it, you're missing out. So you're missing just out. Give, it. give it a little Spotify. They, they opened Wolfhamstow Christmas Lights a couple of years ago, didn't they? Last year. Was it last yeah. year? No way. <laughs> Were you they performed. I can't. Any of my knowledge of years is absolutely fucked. 2001? <laughs> Could have been any time. No Were idea. you front row for that? No, I missed it actually. I kind of, I was vaguely aware that it was. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um... I am diehard. I'm too cool. I'm too cool for going to see Seventeen open the the uh, Christmas lights. Sure. He was engaged to. I mean, it says glamorous. I don't think she was ever glamorous, but EastEnders star, very back to Paul Nichols, but Daniela Westbrook, who famously yeah. lost the septum of her nose because she did yeah. too much coke. Who yeah. famously I went to school with. Did, did you? Yeah, and her brother. What what year? Oh. Same year. I can't remember now. No, she was a good. She was like four or five years older. Oh wow! What is in like? Yeah, like oh, primary school. Oh right, right. right. Oh. What's her brother called? Jay, and uh, her brother Jay was just two years above. Oh, did you fancy him? I think we did sort of like we had curtains. That's all you needed. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. In the uh, in the nineties in mm. primary school, it's just like if you've got curtains, we fancy you. Mm. Anyway, carry on. Nice I didn't. I actually didn't know Brian Harvey and Daniela Westbrook were engaged. Yeah, that is a lovely East End nineties couple. Yeah, right yeah. There. definitely. Um, what was she in? Oh, Hollyoaks. Not was she in EastEnders? No, EastEnders. EastEnders. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's been in lots of stuff though. Has she? It's like that famous photo of her in all Burberry and her little kids in Burberry, mm. and she looks interesting. And she did famously. Is it? Is that the septum? Yeah, yeah. She lost her septum. She it it eroded. <laughs> Because she did too much coke. All the coke. The cocaine. How far up must that have gone, though? Because that, that's what I think. Maybe it was just eroded, like, at the bottom. It was It was here. Like, she just had one big nostril. Oh. <laughs> it's not a good look. No, that makes me feel a bit weird. Um, He had a London penthouse and millions of fans. But his star dimmed and his pop fortune disappeared. He then married and divorced dancer Natasha Goldman but fought a bitter custody battle over their daughter, Tegan. He was prosecuted and cleared for supplying cocaine. He went bankrupt. To Daniela Westbrook. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, um, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, and he suffered a brutal machete attack outside a Jesus. nightclub. I don't know the ins and outs of that story, so I'm not going to tell you about it. I bet it was in Romford. Probably. We've all been to Romford. I've done a market in Romford. Yeah. That's very cold. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's like the Midwest in winter. Yeah. <laughs> it's Fargo. Fargo oh, yeah. of Essex. They do say it's the Fargo of Essex, actually, yeah. I was sick on a bus in Romford. <laughs> <laughs> of course you were. This is last week. We've yeah. all had a horrible time in Romford. Yeah, really have. I had to um, <laughs> take oh, no, some what? shoes out of a plastic bag oh, that no. were in my bigger bag to be sick into the plastic why bag. You, I was going to say, what, why are you sick in the shoes? Be sick in the plastic That's bag, girls. Sick in the bag, yeah. That is what yeah, you yeah, did. Yeah. <laughs> that made more sense. the shoes out specifically yeah. to be sick in them. Lessening the... She hasn't, even, she hasn't even got to the jacket potato. <laughs> <laughs> 
lowering the tone slash saddening the mood, um, he did suffer quite badly with mental health problems um, and he did attempt suicide a couple of times oh, no. um, when he was on, on his way down in the trajectory of fame. But the reason I'm even talking about this is that on that fateful day in May 2005... Harvey, Brian Harvey, ran himself over with his Mercedes-Benz, which is... A car. Well, unbe- <laughs> well, well done. Unbelievable in itself, but the how, reason why and how, how is... How, Squares, won't you check that Interesting as it. fuck. Um, so, yeah, as I mentioned, lots of early reports were quite confusing about what actually happened to him. And as he does have a history of mental health problems, lots of people speculated that it was another suicide attempt so um brian actually had to go on record i think he went on gmtv and had to tell um people exactly what happened the official record mm. the official record of didn't exist, exist it on but GMTV. like gmtv doesn't exist anymore does is it, it? No, now good, good morning, morning britain oh piers morgan yeah. is it britain gmb yeah it is that isn't yeah. it yeah what is piers morgan on british tv every day yeah, I think he's with in, Susanna. On the morning, what's her face? I had no idea. Have you never seen the viral videos of him arguing with like Ash Sarkar? Even I've seen those on Twitter, and if I've seen them, then they've they've done the rounds. Like I think I knew, like in, conceptually, I knew that he was on it, but I didn't realize it was like Piers Morgan was on he's British like, TV yeah. every single day. The co-host, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Him and Susanna Reid. Seems a bit much. Susanna Reid. It's too much. Yeah, it too it's much. far too much. But people obviously like it enough to watch him. Let's well, move on yeah. from that. Um, TMTV. So the official story of what actually happened and why it happened. Brian had been at home in Walthamstow, East London. Lads, lads, lads. Lads, lads, lads. What year? This is 2005. He got right in before it all yeah. gentrified to fuck and all the price highs. Pre? Price prices. <laughs> House prices went up. Um, and he overindulged on his favourite nighttime snack of jacket potatoes. For our American listeners, I don't even know what that is. Roast? No. Baked roast. potato. Baked potato. No, baked potato. Thank you. Do you have them in America? Yeah, yeah you baked have it potato. on the side of like a steak. Oh, yeah, America, you have a steak. You? you might have sour like cream. a little baked potato with a little knob of butter or sour cream. Yeah. But in the UK, American listeners, it's, it's like, like a dish. We love you it. Can like, you can wang whatever you want chili yeah. con carne. Yeah. Coleslaw. Tuna, cheese yeah. and beans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Coleslaw. Well, let's not get into too much of the detail on the toppings because that comes up. Oh, I was going to um, say, what was he, you can't just have a jacket potato. It's got to be not a monster. topping. No, true. Um, he is quoted as saying, I was starving, so I baked three jacket potatoes and stuffed them down. Christ. They were big. I put cheese on, then tuna mayonnaise, mm. and I ate the lot. Oh, not beans. No, but tuna and cheese is a fine it's quality combo yeah, 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 yeah. topping. Um, he then attempted to drive to a friend's house, but got lost in a cul-de-sac. I think that's quite funny in itself, anyway. But we won't we won't dwell on that. Um, he is also quoted as saying there wasn't ter- there wasn't room to turn around, so I came to a stop and put the car in reverse. But then I suddenly felt sick, so I took off my seat belt, opened the door, and went to be sick. Instead of keeping my foot on the brake, it slipped onto the accelerator. Mm-mm. The Mercedes careered into another car and the jolt of the crash sent Brian out of the door and onto the road. He got caught between the driver's door and a wall. The car oh. was still going backwards and he was forced underneath the car. Oh, mm. right. This makes a lot more sense than I had pictured it in my head. Definitely. Definitely. Ah, okay. um, I can see this happening. The friend, because he obviously he was close to his friend's house, the friend Harvey was going to visit, heard the screams and rushed to the scene to pull the singer clear. Harvey said, the car went over my stomach and pushed it up into my lungs. Ooh. Both lungs were completely deflated. My diaphragm was ripped and my Ooh. pelvis was smashed to pieces. Oh my Shit. God. I don't remember the ambulance or the hospital. I just remember waking up three weeks later in intensive care with tubes coming out of me he underwent a five hour operation at Whips Cross Hospital in East London where I was born and really? as was David Beckham just FYI oh, oh good to know nice um, where this is like my hometown map yeah it yeah. is it really is <laughs> are you where I'm <laughs> actually yeah uh, yeah um, 
they had to repair his diaphragm, reinflate his lungs and realign his stomach. Within 24 hours, he was transferred to St George's Hospital in South London. That's in Tooting, because oh. I've been there. Um, for a seven-hour operation by a trauma specialist. Um, his injuries uh, that he sustained, he fractured his pelvis in seven places, broke his ribs and punctured his lungs... He was unconscious for three weeks and had to go through 12 hours of surgery as doctors battled to rebuild his shattered frame. My God, that's much heavier than I thought. Yeah, it's a big fucking deal. Like, it was actually quite a serious accident. At the time, he was was only 30. Um, He obviously regained consciousness, but he was then confined to a wheelchair with an external steel frame still supporting his fragile pelvis. Internally, he's still held together by a selection of clamps, bars and pins. Miraculously, doctors were confident he would make a full recovery, which he actually eventually did. Um, But at the time when he was doing this interview, he categorically said that he wouldn't go near jacket potatoes in the future. In his own words, I haven't had a jacket potato since. I could never eat them again. Which is one of the funniest quotes I've ever said on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but in the years since, he has managed to joke about his near miss and he was even featured in a prankster's YouTube video, because everyone does that nowadays, smearing a jack of potato into someone else's face. So I think the potato war is over for now. Bet he's had one since. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. You can't, go you can't eat three in a night and not well. have another one one day. Is it weird that I quite fancy a tuna and cheese jack of potato now? No, no. it's absolutely... That's Correct. exactly what I wanted you to think. Mm. We're sponsored by Spud You Like. That's what it is. Imagine <laughs> now if those I have heard of. <laughs> yeah, it's a great sponsor. Uh, but there you go. There's the weird near miss story of Brian Harvey. Oh, Brian, I'm glad you survived. Well done, Brian. Welcome to Still War. So now is the time in the podcast where we try to lighten the mood, but I think the mood's already lightened by that jack of potato car. Well, mm. now that we know that Brian Harvey was was really unharmed. kind Not of unharmed. he was he was definitely harmed, but he was kind of over it and was ready to make a joke about it some years later. So we lighten the mood even more by talking about our girl crushes of the week, two weeks, and, and that is any female of any kind that we find inspiring, interesting exciting influential for whatever reason that we have sometimes it's very very worthy sometimes it's just because they've got great lipstick there is no criteria that we adhere to there's no criteria we do whatever we want exactly daily why don't you kick us off my girl crush this week is a woman named amy Svitz from wisconsin and the reason she is my girl crush is because this week i have found out about her business a small business which is called a doll like me oh which is making dolls for children who might not look like dolls that exist in toy shops so children with limb loss did she go viral recently yeah children with limb loss or disfigurement or albinism or Prosthetic legs, feeding buttons, birthmark scars, burn scars. Basically, she makes custom dolls for children who have physical differences or m- might not be able to find themselves represented. Not that kids process it in this way. Like, I'm not res- I'm not represented on the high street. We can do this as, like, grown adults acknowledging no, that we're not represented. True. I think representation's massively important. Yeah, like... but, like, the kids won't necessarily... They'll just be like oh, I'm sad because dolls don't look like me. Whereas we, as adults, kind of have the have the vocabulary, ironically, <laughs> have the vocabulary to be like, representation is important, we need yeah. dolls to look like X, Y and Z. Whereas kids might just be a bit sad that they, I don't know, or but maybe not. I guess it's the same thing, it's mm. just that they it's can't the, say the level of critical thinking. But the process, the thought process behind it is not massively, is yeah. like it? Yeah, true. If you don't see yourself in something, then you just think it's not for you, which yeah. is not yeah. okay. Yeah. So, yeah, she set it up. She's got a GoFundMe. She has gone a little bit viral, I think. Um, I think but I, I just loved it. it. Like, I, because I can't, I can't bear social media at the minute, I just look on, there's this particular Instagram that's just like a good news feed 
and I saw it on that and I was like oh is this real so I like tip like clicked in through a few links and it does actually seem like she makes these dolls and like takes a lot of things into consideration and wants to allow children who look in various different ways to have a doll that represents them that's so nice. nice. Um, which That's I thought was huge. Lovely. It's huge for the development of that person's self-esteem yeah. and yeah. awareness. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of thing that is like a, you know, able-bodied, cisgendered, white, middle-class person from the developed world. Like, there's lots of there's lots of boxes that you don't realise aren't ticked. Do you know what I mean? Because there's so there's so much of what you see is developed is um is reflected back at you. Whereas if you have one or two differences away from the norm, you're suddenly like, well, I don't see myself anywhere. Yeah. And dolls is probably the start of it. Mm. So I thought it was wicked. I thought it was really good. Well done, Amy. Yeah, well nice. done. That's a really nice one. That's okay. nice. a worthy thing to do. Speaking worthy of that buzzword. <laughs> buzzword of the week. Mm. Worthy F. Yes. Um, Who is yours? Mine's Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Have I already done her? No. No. No? No. I don't think you have. I don't think I have. We've talked about Killing Eve. Maybe that's it, yeah, yeah. I did Sandra O. Oh, oh you did Sandra okay, O. Yeah, 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 okay, fine. Yeah. Um, because two brilliant things she's done are Killing Eve, but also the new series of Fleabag is back, and it's so good. I didn't see the one on Monday yet. Which is, oh, no spoilers. Yesterday. I haven't watched it. Um, any of it. Any I'm of going it. To, I'm going to. Oh, I'm going it's to, really I'm good. It's to. really, really good. Uh, yeah, she's just great. And the one with... Um, Kristen Scott Thomas was very yeah. good. Yes. Their conversation at the bar. Yes. Yes. Was great. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, she's just bloody great. And season two of Killing Eve is coming back. Really soon, isn't it? 7th of April. Oh, my Literally God. next Sunday. That oh, my God. Mad. I can't believe they've written it that quickly. Yeah. Maybe I've got that wrong. I'm sure I saw 7th of April. Damn. Don't All right. On nice. Sundays. Daniel. <laughs> Wait, surely the BBC can't be showing Lilo <laughs> Duty and Killing Eve on a Sunday night. Everyone's going to lose their minds. Oh, my God. They need a bit of good press at the moment, the BBC, so maybe that is their maybe. strategy. This year, for me, has been a great one to go back to uni and not really have any money because there is great TV mm, on Turns out you can stay in and just, it's, all like, yeah, it's all banging. Just been doing a lot of that. Uh, yeah, so Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Nice Very one. nice. Very and good. I'd really like to see the stage version of Fleabag as well. It wasn't mm. at the Soho Theatre for a bit. I don't think it is anymore, but maybe it'll come back. Good shout. Yeah. Love her. Mine is uh, Rowena Cade, which is niece... Niece? Niche as fuck, sorry. Um, but basically, and also your niece. <laughs> she's she's, she's dead. my niece, I love her. Uh, she's dead. Oh no. And uh, she's been dead for a while. Oh, she's dead, dead before I was born, so oh, she's not my niece. That would be weird. Anyway, uh, I went to Cornwall last week for a little staycation in glorious sunshine, thanks global warming. Um, and we went to a place called the Minac Theatre, which is, I when my boyfriend suggested it to me, I was like, oh, it looks like, like a Roman settlement building I go to Rome for that I don't give a fuck and then, <laughs> why would why would I bother going when it's 10 minutes down the road yeah, yeah. I, I just go to Rome uh, or I don't care about history or culture as we've discussed in this podcast before um, but actually none of that's true it is a open air theatre built into the granite rock face in a small town in Cornwall by a fucking woman called Fuck. Rowena Cade. Very cool. And I was a little, little like, really like, oh, this was interesting, but like, fine, whatever. And then we watched the video. You know when you go and you see the detail and the history and they take you around a little thing? It was before we got to the actual theatre. Then I watched the video and it had like um, video images of her and what she did. And it was incredible. And I nearly started crying just thinking about this woman doing this. She would carry up sand and things to use, tools from the beach you know 50 meters below up the rock face to build this open air theater she obviously couldn't chisel everything out of granite so she started using poured concrete and she would um like draw or inscribe on the wet concrete to make the patterns and she would come up with really creative ways to create columns to create seating and it is honestly really really incredible like it's a weird incredible feat of engineering that you kind of wouldn't expect and it just blew me away. I think that I had such not low expectations. That sounds really bad, but like I wasn't prepared for it at all. And it was really, really interesting. And also, I know this sounds really wanky, but like 
a tiny, tiny little woman did that. She was the one that created it. She designed it. She built most of it. She obviously had help. She was a very, very wealthy woman. I'm not, I'm not skirting over that at all. But the idea that she had the idea and created it and was the it reason why beautiful. it exists is really, really amazing. Um, when was it built? Uh, so she started building it in the 30s, in oh, 32, right. and did a couple of outdoor showings. And then Second World War happened and um, some of, some damage was done to it. And um, she also was quite busy because I think she took in... Um, what's the word? I'm looking at? Not refugees. Is it refugees? Um, displaced, displaced children, basically, during the war. Evacuees. Evacuees, there we go. Um, she took in quite a lot of evacuees and she was a point person for it. Like She was quite... a popular person in the local area um and she has a house they they built a house first on that cliff or further in on the cliff and they were kind of like a vocal point for people so then they had to start again on a lot of the building part of it um but she obviously had like people that like people that were working for her i.e like gardeners and um landscapers that did a lot of the grunt work but the fact that she did a lot of it was just really impressive to me i'm not like I don't know a lot of her history. She could be quite problematic. I'm not talking about that. It's just more a case of like, it was quite an interesting feat of engineering and she did it all herself. And it's nice to see as a woman that like that kind of thing that you would never expect was done by a tiny, tiny little woman. Nice, yeah. nice. That's a good so go if you ever want to go. Don't. No, I've never heard of it at all. Um, I actually found it quite like because one side of it's fine, but like one side of it's quite steep to walk down. And we know this about me and like hiking. I'm not very good walking down things. I'm like a cow. Mm. I can go up things really, really well and strongly, but I'm not very good at going down things. And the stairs going down to get to the seats were like horribly steep, steep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't enjoy that at all. But once you're down there and you're looking, and it's like being in the Mediterranean. The water's so clear it's an amazing view i do worry about it like disappearing into the sea but i think because it's granite it should be fine i'm not sure i'm not a geographer it's harder to erode there definitely but yeah a lot longer um she died in 83 and it's been going ever since they have a summer season every year where they do like 30 nights 50 nights of shows so lush get down there if you're interested good shout thanks that brings us to the that end that brings us to the close um, get in touch with us. We we do love hearing from you. We are on social media, generally speaking, at whatawaypod, or you can email us whatawaypod at gmail dot com. I think so. Yeah. Has anyone checked that recently? I've uh, got it in I've my phone. It's fine. We just get a lot of oh well. Obviously, apart from all the fan mail, all the fan mail, we, we get just quite sort. a lot of promo stuff from mm. that Podbean. And anything else? AOB. AOB. Uh, no. No AOB. 30 whole episodes, though. Never. Oh, yeah, well done. Congrats on 30 whole episodes. We must be coming up to our year anniversary as well. I think it's May, yeah. We launched in May. Beautiful. We'll do something, maybe. We'll just get more drunk than usual, maybe. Yeah. Sounds maybe good we to can me. bring some cake. Mm. Never not a reason to have cake. True. True, right. Dan. All right, we will see you in a couple of weeks, Thanks listeners. Thanks so much. Episode 31. Get, get ready. <laughs> Excited. <laughs> bye. 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 bye.